Welcome to Life-Altering Events with Frank Sakari. When something positive or negative changes in our lives, we are basically at a fork in the road. Where does the next step take us? What do we do as reactions to something that has already happened? How do we prevent the negative aspects from happening again? Whether in business or personal parts of your life, you can get back on track. We'll talk about it today. Now, here is your host, Frank Sakari. Good morning, and I hope everyone's having a wonderful Tuesday. My name is Frank Zakari, and you are listening to Life-Altering Events on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, people often ask me, they say, Frank, what exactly is a life-altering event? And I tell them this, a life-altering event can be something we choose or something that's thrust upon us that dramatically alters the trajectory of our life. Now, everyone has had those aha moments in our life that's changed your life for better or for worse. Now, these life-altering events occur in every aspect of our professional and personal life and in the life of our family. Now, try as we may, it's impossible to completely separate the events from our personal life from the events of our professional life. Believe me, I tried for years and I failed miserably. What life-altering events present us with is an opportunity to seize the moment and make a difference in our own life and the life of our loved ones. They are also a fork in the road where we have a choice. We can either choose to fall apart or we can choose the courage to pick up the pieces, deal with our grief, and start moving forward toward better times and better people. Remember this. It is never too late to have the life you want and you deserve. As you listen to this show over the coming weeks and months and hopefully years, I urge you to think about participating in an upcoming show. If you have a life-altering event that could inspire others, visit the life-altering event page at thevoiceamerica.com and send an email to says, email the host, send me a message or go to my website, franksakari.com, and send me a message. Tell me about the event that changed your life so drastically, how you addressed it, the impact it had on your life, and where you are now. We will review the content, and if it fits well into our program, we'll contact you about using it on a future broadcast. I look forward to hearing from you. Let's talk about what happened in your life. Well, today we're going to get into something called changing the odds, all right? Two major life-altering events are the decision to start a business, and another one, unfortunately, is picking up the pieces after a failed business. Something I learned long, many, many years ago was you can't play the game if you don't know the rules. Another piece of advice I was given, and when you discover you can't win playing by these rules, create a new game. That's how many people get into the business world. Let me tell you about the challenges facing businesses. Inc. Magazine has reported that one in five Americans would like to own a small business. Okay, that's one in five. Now, that is second only to home ownership and the pursuit of the American dream. But far too often, that dream becomes a nightmare. Let me give you some data from Forbes magazine. 
Forbes reports 50 to 60 percent of small businesses fail within three years, 80 percent fail within five, and 70 percent of SBA, that's the Small Business Administration, loan applications are rejected. Now, what's going on here? A great deal of time and money is being wasted by all these parties. The failure ratio is even higher in the marginalized communities, such as returning veterans, Native Americans, Hispanics, African Americans, immigrants, and women. There's something seriously wrong here. There's so many organizations that have programs, they can be free or paid for, and there are webinars and seminars and you name it, they have it. And the intent is to assist these aspiring entrepreneurs in getting started. But the bottom line is, far too many small business owners are simply not adequately prepared to navigate through the landmines of becoming a business owner. And it's simply not about intelligence. Many people have a great concept. Many have a patent. A patent is not a key to success. Let me give you an example. This is a real-life example. I'm a mentor with the University of California Entrepreneurship Academy. And these are the 10 major research universities in the state of California, UCLA, UC Berkeley, UC Davis, etc. They have 19,224 patents, licenses, or pending patents and licenses. And when I heard that in a meeting, I went, wow, that's impressive. And then the Dr. Harrigan, who's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks, said, yo, don't get too excited. 60% of the revenue comes from five. And I asked him, 5%? And he goes, no, five total patents generate all that money. So here we have these incredibly intelligent people who have excellent industry knowledge, top-notch team, a patent, but they don't have any money. And most of them aren't going to get any money because they don't understand the process and they aren't willing to pay for help. I hear this story over and over from more aspiring entrepreneurs than you can imagine. What they'll tell me is, hey, Frank, we're smart people. We'll figure this out. We created this product. How hard is it to come up with a marketing plan and get some money? It can't be that difficult. We're smart people. So... They start down the path, and they throw money down all these different rabbit holes trying to piecemeal a strategy, which very rarely happens. After they run out of money, chasing their I-can-do-it-myself model, then they give us a call. By that time, unfortunately, it's usually too late, and they become another failure statistic. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we all know Insanity is continuing to do the same old tired process over and over and expect a different result. Regardless of where you are in your journey, do yourself a favor and work directly with people who have been there and done that before you put your company and your life savings on risk, at risk. Now, someone who has been there and done that and is now working to prepare aspiring entrepreneurs to guide them through the landmines is my guest and good friend, Kimberly Hobscheid. Kimberly is an award-winning, international, inspirational public speaker. Uh, She's a best-selling author. She's a producer. She's a six-time entrepreneur. She's a creator of 
enterprise, uh, excuse me, she's creator of Entrepreneurs Rocket Fuel. She's an active, which is an active community of entrepreneurs looking to help each other propel their businesses to new heights. Now, she's a mother of two, and she is a thrill seeker. She has hiked sections of the Pacific Trail. She has navigated Class 4 Rapids with a Costa Rican female Olympic medal winner. Try doing that sometime in the white water. She sailed on the coast of Mexico on a 42-foot Yankee clipper and has traversed 200 miles on horseback through Canada's Jasper National Park. Now, her motto is live life out loud. Kimberly has been a guest speaker in cities worldwide. She inspires people to get where they want to go. Her specialty is turning dreams into realities. Now, Kimberly and I have collaborated on a, on a, a number of very successful projects. And when you meet her, you're going to discover she's one of the happiest and probably the most positive person you will ever meet. Hey, Kimberly, hey, once Peter. again, welcome welcome to Life Altering Events. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me as a guest. I really am enjoying uh, your show and the experts that you've had on, and I'm really excited to be here talking to entrepreneurs today. Wonderful. Kimberly, now, you and I both came from the corporate world. Now, you were yep. a corporate executive for many, many years. So what was the life-altering event that inspired you to leave the corporate sector and become an entrepreneur? Oh, great question. Um, so I think we've uh, a lot of entrepreneurs started in the corporate world, right? And I, I actually, you're right. I was there for 17 years working at a Fortune 1000 company um, and sort of worked my way up the ladder and, and had a team that supported me and was amazing. I got to handpick them. Um, it was really a, a fun ride. And then one day it wasn't. Um, some things changed at the company. They had uh, some changes in upper management, and they had a lot of change in sort of the company structure, and the values shifted significantly. And I remember that one night I was at work, and one of my favorite employees had just resigned, and it was late, and we were about to roll out yet another new initiative that sort of didn't fit with what I the direction I thought I wanted to go. And it, you know, I remembered it was like 11 o'clock at night and I was so frustrated. And I thought, I think I'm just off my path. I think I'm out of integrity with myself. Um, there's nothing wrong with where this company is going. It's just going in a direction I can't go. And at that moment I was like, this is, this is it. This is, this is the event. Right. And, mm-hmm. Within, I, you know, I chatted with family, made plans, and within a month, I was out of the corporate world and a full-time entrepreneur. Now, it's interesting. You have had, you're like a classic entrepreneur. Share some of the companies and the ventures that you've started. What are some of the things you've done? Oh, I ha- yes, I am. Um, I joke and I say I'm a serial entrepreneur, which does not mean I sell cereal. Right? <laughs> right. Um, there's there's a, a lot that goes into building a business, and, and uh, many entrepreneurs start the way I did. I had what we affectionately call nowadays is a side hustle, right? I had right. A, you know, a little thing going on the side. A lot of people have done um, multi-level marketing, or it's called other things now, but I, had, I definitely had that. 
I had a little timekeeping business. Um, I had uh, a, a couple of other businesses. And then when I went full-time, I actually, as an entrepreneur, I had a, a business where I was providing staffing for technical com- for um, uh, companies that needed technical employees. So like web developers and programmers and designers and drafters and stuff like that. So I, I had some knowledge and experience in this world and... Um, when I went full-time as an entrepreneur, this is the place that I leveraged my experience. And Talk now, about the su- um, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and then you and I met because I actually started a business after that was sort of up and running and I did have some experience. Um, my, I started a business doing something completely different, which was audiobooks. And that's a story in and of itself. That's right. We'll get to that. Um, one of the things you mentioned is the side hustle while you were still yeah. in the corporate world that gave you some kind of concept and idea of what it would take to be an entrepreneur. Now, you talk to a lot of people who just jump off the cliff. What do you tell them? Mm. So there, the interesting thing about being an entrepreneur as opposed to being in corporate, I was at, in corporate and I was you know, I was a director. I was at the top of my game. I had, you know, tons of, uh, I, I had experienced success and I had a team that supported me to get there. Uh, but what we don't realize as entrepreneurs, no matter how good we are at what we do, when you're in corporate, you have a, a huge body of people, community, wonderful, amazing other human beings who are, who are doing other functions of the company, that would be sales and marketing and operations and delivery and uh, legal and finance and accounting and HR and all kinds of things. And when you become an entrepreneur, all of those become your responsibility, no matter how qualified or not at all qualified you are to do them, which means that you don't, even if you don't know how to do them, it doesn't mean you have to learn, you can, but you need to be responsible for them. You're responsible for your taxes and knowing, you know, what kinds of quarterly reports to turn in and all kinds of things. And you're responsible for it. Now, if you hire that out, that's fine, but you still own it as an entrepreneur. And that's, that's the big shocker that most people get. You know, they're very, they, they have an idea. They want to bring it to the world and it's a great idea, but they don't realize that that's, not their whole job. They're also going to need to do sales and marketing and promotion and technology and all kinds of other pieces that go behind that. And that can be a little daunting. It gets very interesting. You and I have had a conversation about what do you miss more about the corporate world? And what I have said, and I've heard said many, many times is, as a CEO in the world I was in, I could turn around and hand something to somebody and say, here, take care of this. Yeah. And then I went into and, doing it myself and I turn around and there's nobody there to <laughs> hand it to. I've talked to many entrepreneurs who came out of, um, you know, uh, management or upper management positions where they were at the top of their game and used to having a team to have people to hand things off to. And when it's just you, you're like, oh, this isn't, you know, this isn't what I remember it being. And now I have to do all of these jobs. It could be a minimum wage job. It could be a job that is below minimum wage in some cases, taking the trash out people talk about, you know, and, uh, and it's, it can be very um, surprising to get to that. I, 
I really loved my team. That was the thing that I loved the most at corporate. And the reasons I left had nothing to do with the people that were in my organization. And I, I think that when you have a team that's amazing, that it buoys you up and that community makes you feel like all things are possible. And as an entrepreneur, you don't have that community. And it's up to you to remember that all things are possible. And you got to remind yourself of that on the days that seem a little more bleak. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of those days where you sit there and go, what the hell did I do? Why am I doing this? <laughs> I say those even today. What the hell did I do? <laughs> That's right. We're going to, we got about two minutes here, but I want to start on, and then we'll pick it up again. Tell you mentioned about this audio book business. Where uh, tell the audience a little bit about that. So, as an entrepreneur and a full time entrepreneur, I you know I I love the concept of it, and I did it even as a side hustle, as I said, and it's sort of that great American dream, and lots of people have it. Well, I'm I'm not just an entrepreneur; I'm also a mom, and my son was turning fifteen and a half and going into the summer. And it was this weird time because 15 and a half, you're too young to have a summer job. You got to be 16. So he was, he, he was not quite there yet. And he was too old to do the amazing things we do in San Diego with our kids, which is go to all these amazing camps. Like we have surf camp and SeaWorld camp and zoo camp. We have all kinds and all kinds of camps, but he was like taller than all the camp counselors, right? So he's like, yep. I'm not doing that, and I can't get a job. And so I said, okay, well, at 15 and a half, no matter how old you are, you're never too young or too old to be an entrepreneur. That's so, great. Hold right there. Hold that thought, Kimberly. We're going to go okay. on a short break here. We'll come back with our with my guest, Kimberly Hobshide, and you want to hear this. She has done some amazing things in developing entrepreneurs and businesses. But don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Life Altering Events, and I'm Frank Sakari on the Voice America Empowerment Network. You can contact me at Life Altering Events page by pressing email the host or contact me at my website, frankzakari.com. We want to hear your Life Altering Events story. Stay with us. We'll be right back. what makes the most successful people tick keep listening to the voice america empowerment channel VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. book frank zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event frank is a dynamic entertaining and fascinating storyteller your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately email frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Zakari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. 
From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Life-Altering Events with Frank Zakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to LifeAlteringEventsRadio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. We're here in Sacramento, California, and Kimberly Hobshide, who's down in Rancho Bernardo, San Diego, Rancho Bernardo, which is near San Diego at the moment. Before the break, Kimberly was talking about a business that she set up with her son uh, for, for audio book producing. And this is where she and I first met. So, Kimberly, continue with this, uh, this audio book business. So we, thanks Frank. So we, um, and I, this is how Frank and I met because we uh, were at an event together. I was there with my son. My son had, as I said, entered this summer where he was too young to have a summer job and too old to do summer camp. And when he decided, when I looked at that, I thought, you know, you're never too young or too old to be an entrepreneur and I'll teach you what you need to do. And so we went on this really cool adventure together where we created a business. And when you're 16 or 15 and a half, we had this small budget and we just needed to leverage his, his strengths, what he liked to do. And he did improv and he did um, theater and he did, uh, you know, he's just very charismatic, really uh, cool human being. And one thing that we ran across when we were looking at Google was narrating audiobooks. And you can do that from your home with, um, you know, just purchasing a nice microphone and, and being in a quiet space. And I thought, this is perfect, right? So he set the whole thing up and launched the business and auditioned for a bunch of books and got three of them, like one, two, three, really fast. <laughs> and we were off and running on this business where we were narrating audiobooks. And it was this phenomenal thing that just took off. And we talked all about the different pieces of business, you know, like how to manage, um, you know, the flow of incoming orders, how to make sure that you're delivering on time, how to make sure that you're, you set a budget for your, when you're going to do things, that your, uh, that your expenses don't exceed your income. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good one to have. Right? <laughs> Well, not many entrepreneurs remember that one, unfortunately. They go off and spend boatloads of money on Facebook and forget that that was a cost, right? But anyway, that's another matter altogether. Um, So, yeah, we had this really great bond that that happened over 
creating this business together, which is a really great opportunity for me to teach another generation, right? Absolutely. And then we went to an event together to sort of promote it. We went to a speaker's event, and that's where you and I met. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, now I, I have I've written five books, and Kimberly has uh, put three of them into audio. We'll get the other two here done eventually. And it, it's amazing how much goes into this. If you've ever been, if, if if you want to write a book at some point in your life, and then you say, "Gee, I'd like to make it audio," it's the amount of work that that is required is somewhat overwhelming. Now you had to find um, where do you find all these readers, these narrators? How do you how do you come about uh, come to find them? Oh yeah. Well, once you sort of get in that network, um, there's there's a lot of people out there who are doing this sort of as a bootstrapping side hustle business. You know that people are like, yeah, I, I, it's relatively inexpensive to to start a business, and if you have any voice at all um, that's not monotone, you can pretty much pull off anything. And I've heard people that you know have craggy old voices that are phenomenal for this particular book and. People who have, you know, little girl voices on the other side that are really good for this type of book. And so, you know, lots of different varieties, no matter what your voice is, could be considered for the right kind of book. So finding a narrator um, is, is all about networking, knowing, you know, figuring out how you're going to find people. But the question I get on narrators the most is, should I narrate my own book? Should I self-narrate? Do I have a good enough voice to do it? And that's a question that um, that I love helping people with. We had that conversation, um, and 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 what I had suggested, I've talked to some authors who would who have wanted to to use your your services, and I said if you want to do it on your own, that's wonderful, but get somebody who's a professional who can do that for you because you're too close to the story sometimes, and just put in uh, if it's a book with a lot of emotion. There's a, as you said to me one time, there's an awful lot of out of work actors who love to do this. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. So the the debate for me on whether or not you read your own book, I've, it's, we have a lot of listeners, and we poll them, and we get statistics from them, and we ask them, you know, what do you what you know what do you like in audiobooks, and what do you want to see, and what, you know, all kinds of questions that we ask them when we look at our demographics. But one of the questions that we ask them is, should an author ever read their own book? And unfortunately, it comes out overwhelmingly, no, that, that the listeners are like, it, you have to be, it's a performance art, and you have to be a good reader in order to, to pull it off. And th- I, I understand that feeling, but I do have a, a different, different tact on it a little bit. If you are reading your own book, and it is not, um, it, and it's a particular book that is your own work, like if you are a like a tax professional and you have tax strategies that are yours, that you own, right? And mm-hmm. then you might want to consider reading your own book. You and I both talk often about Brene Brown, who's my hero. She's got a TED Talk. She's an amazing speaker. She's written multiple books. And she's, but she's a performer as well. And she reads her own stuff. Of course she does. Like, I, I feel like she has to. If anybody else read it, it would sort of be a betrayal of, of her work. So it's, you know, it's one of those things that you just really have to consider. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, um, it doesn't have to be you because it's a lot of work. (laughs) It is a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) It's 
actually tons of time commitment. But if you can get it knocked out, then once you've read it, then you need to have it audio engineered, and then you need to have a platform to put it up on, and then you need to have marketing. And the marketing is a different animal altogether. But once you get it out there, you are in a very elite group. In fact, only one out of 20 books is made into audio. And it's the fastest growing business revenue-wise in the book industry. It's doing double-digit growth year over year for the last two years. And it's also, and where books like paperback and hardback are relatively flat revenue year over year, and ebooks are actually declining year over year. So audiobooks are a great place to grab some extra revenue from a book you already read. That's absolutely right. It's, it's, it, who, there's many people just don't have time to sit down and read a book, but you can be driving, you can be on an airplane, you can be working in your garden and listening to a book. Absolutely. And we've Anybody found considering that audiobook this. listeners, yeah, we've, we've found that audiobook listeners and book readers are generally speaking two different human beings, right? That's yeah, they are. There are. It's a small segment who do both. Um, but oftentimes you'll, you'll ask somebody, you know, who are the audiobook listeners in the room? And, you know, a section will, will raise their hands and then you say, book readers, who are you? And really the other section raises their hands for the most part. That's wild. Tell us, uh, the, uh, the listeners, your latest venture, which is really exciting, the Entrepreneur's Rocket Fuel. Where did the idea for yeah. this come from? So that's a really good question. We had um, spoken sort of about this in the very beginning. One of the things that I miss the most about corporate is community, people that are there to support you, people that know more than you do about certain topics, people who have information or who have already done through trial and error some things that you need to know. And as an entrepreneur, you just I mean, we, we have to be responsible for it all, but we don't always know it all. And Entrepreneur's Rocket Fuel is a community that I designed to support entrepreneurs as in, in learning about entrepreneurship and, and asking those hard questions and, and getting support from each other. I have, um, as an entrepreneur myself, I have a lot of um, knowledge to share, and I regularly do videos and, and talk about some of the things that people struggle with as entrepreneurs. It's part of what I taught my son as I was building his business with him and part of what I've shared with other entrepreneurs in the community as it has grown. So it's a Facebook group. It's free to join. It's called Entrepreneurs Rocket Fuel. If there are entrepreneurs out there who are interested in it, I would love to have them as part of the community and to, to help it grow and thrive. But I think having community is one of the, it's one of the biggest things we need as human beings to, to connect. It's absolutely right. I've, I've belonged. Yeah. I've joined this and uh, for listeners out there who are thinking of uh, becoming entrepreneurs or you're new at it, look into this. Entrepreneurs Rocket Fuel on Facebook. It's a closed group, so it's, it's pretty well controlled. Everyone's there to help each other and it's an outstanding, outstanding sounding board for concepts or ideas or things that you want to want to put across, hey, I got this idea. What do you think? And they'll let you know. And they will let you know. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're, really good advice, right? People are saying, you know, this is what I would do or here's the, te-. like, a lot of the questions are technology. Now, like, what do I, what should I use for 
um, funnel technology or what should I use? What are people using for CRMs? And that's a um, client management, like how to keep track of your email addresses. Um, you know, what's the best, if I'm doing videos, what's the best technology to use? What, what cameras, what lights should I use? And all kinds of different questions are in there. And, you know, having somebody else to bounce ideas off of might be one of the most powerful things we need as entrepreneurs. I mean, I, as an entrepreneur, when I first went out, I, I was like everybody else. I was like, oh, no, I got everything under control. Everything's perfect. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> You've got to put on that outer <laughs> shell for, for your customers, right? Like everything's yeah. under control. But you also kind of have to put it on for friends and family as well. Because when you go into entrepreneurship, oftentimes your friends and family who are meaning well will say things like, are you sure everything's going okay? Are you sure you don't want to get back into your corporate job? Are you sure? <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. And they're, even though that's totally unsupportive of your new venture, they mean well by it. And so to be in a community of other entrepreneurs who get you is a really cool thing. That, that is a big point because I, I can recall, I've talked to many, many people who come from positions where they're making $250,000 a year, $300,000 mm-hmm. a year, whatever the number was. And they say, okay, I've had enough. It's time to move yeah. on. I've got this great idea. And so they run it past family, particularly if you're married at the time, mm-hmm. and you run it past your spouse who says, what, are you out of your freaking mind? What are you, nuts? <laughs> Because right. you're not taking a step yeah. back, you're jumping off a cliff. What are you doing? Yeah, and that is a life-altering event, you know. It will change the lives of you and your family. I mean, I certainly was right there in that scenario myself. You know, jumping off when you have a, you know, a steady corporate job where you've got a regular paycheck and you have health insurance and you have, you know, expense reports and all the <laughs> right. things about being in corporate, Right. And then you're going out on your own because you, you know, you were, like I said, at the top of your game and you think you've got it all together. And when you get out there, it, it can be difficult. And having family and friends worried about you is, is so painful sometimes. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's a, it's, and then I, my daughters were uh, both looked at me and said, are we going to be poor now? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, no, it's, we're not going to be poor now. It's just going to be different now. <laughs> I believe you got to love preteen it. girls. got to love preteen girls. Yes, absolutely. So where are you taking Entrepreneur's Rocket Fuel? You've got a whole bunch of things lined up. Where do you, where do you want it to go? Well, I think as a community, it's going to uh, grow organically. Uh, we also have some programs that are available through affiliates that I'm working with, people that I know and love and trust who support entrepreneurs with their programs, people who have tested and proven methodologies that aren't get-rich-quick schemes. You'll never see those on there. You, I mean, people will – it's funny. It's nice. That you mentioned that it's a closed group, and it is a controlled environment for a lot of it. Entrepreneur's Rocket Fuel is not someplace where people can come on and say, hey, do you want to get rich quick and, you know, buy flipping houses in real estate or whatever it is. It's, you'll mm-hmm. never see that stuff because we block that. But, and by we, I mean me and my assist, virtual assistant that, who is amazing, Mercy, who, you know, is very good at, at doing the admin work and having me pass things off to her. <laughs> <laughs> How nice. Um, yeah. But, um, but we, we do control that to make sure that doesn't happen. What we're looking for is people who really want to feed 
the community, who want to support each other, who want to be there with their great ideas. And, you know, that's two sides of the same coin. We want support. We need answers. We need community. But we also really have a human intrinsic need to support each other, to give, to offer up what we know, what we're good at, so that other people can benefit from that. It's a human need of contribution that we, that's just there in all of us. And it's an opportunity for you to share your knowledge with other human beings that need it. One of the things that I found in that in this environment for the folks out there listening, this is Kimberly Hobscheid in her program, Entrepreneurs Rocket Fuel. One of the things that I discovered is I get these this feedback from people. Frank, try this. Or I'm going to go out and do the seminar webinar. Make sure you include this in there. And mm-hmm. it's it's amazing that it's not just everybody selling somebody something. It's, hey, let's see if we can all be successful and there will be opportunities for us to, to combine and, and work together with people that you don't even know or have never, ever met before. It's a tremendous opportunity. Yes, well, you've hit upon something that is a, a, like a, a trigger point for me because I, I believe I've been in sales for a lot of years. I mean, you cannot be an entrepreneur without having to do sales in some capacity. And of course, in my corporate world, you know, that was talking to clients and customers was a big, big, big deal and and driving revenue. But really, the world of sales, nobody wants to be sold to. And so really, you've got to shift that into, I'm creating an invitation, but I'm also partnering with other people to let them know about what I offer so that they can share it with their communities and the people who need it. So whenever I go to a networking meeting, for example, if I go into a networking meeting and I'm talking about Entrepreneur's Rocket Fuel or one of the programs from that, I'm, <clears throat> I'm very rarely trying to sell the people that are in the room whatever it is I have for sale. Often Absolutely. I'm just talking to them about the product and who I serve and let them be able to say either, yes, that's me and I would like it, or let them say, oh, I have, you know, my brother has a book. He's got, you know, he, he's been looking for a new way to get into the audiobook market and he thought it was, you know, too hard or he thought it was only for the big guys or he thought you had to go to Hollywood for that or whatever, That's right? right, um, right. And, Kimberly, and hold that thought talk? again. We're coming up on yeah. another break. So we're going to go on a short break. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation with Kimberly Hobshide, and we're going to get into more about her entrepreneurs, Rocket Fuel, and some of the events that she's put together. You're listening to Life Altering Events, and I'm Frank Sakari on the Voice America Empowerment Network. Contact me at Life Altering Event page. Go to the page, say email the host, or go to my website, franksakari.com. Stay tuned. Don't go away. More from Kimberly Hobshide in a minute. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Book Frank Zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event. Frank is a dynamic, entertaining, and fascinating storyteller. Your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately. Email Frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916 718 5517. 
Mention that you heard about it from the Life-Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Zakari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Sakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Life-Altering Events with Frank Zakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. We are continuing our conversation with Kimberly Hobscheid, who is a person who had a woman who has taken uh, entrepreneurship to a new level she is helping aspiring entrepreneurs change the odds and bring success and get them where they want to be and we were talking about her program entrepreneurs rocket fuel and this is an or this is a close closed uh, group facebook group and you can join this and, and the entrepreneurs that are in this group all help each other. They're not trying to sell. When you get a Facebook thing, everybody's trying to sell you something. We're not doing that. This is a group that is helping each other go forward. And one of the things that Kimberly put together that helped a great number of people was a web summit. And I, she contacted me with this, and I said, what, what is this? So, Kimberly, what is a web summit? Oh, great question. So that was a lot of fun. That was a three-day event where we had... 12 speakers a day live with people calling in, asking questions, and the speakers were all experts help it, that focused on helping entrepreneurs in different categories. We had experts talking about publishing a book so you could add to your credibility. We had people talking about how to get sponsors and promote your materials you know, what the secrets to SEO marketing were, technology and how to build a website that really uh, pops and actually drives revenue. Um, we had people talking about uh, time management, which is such a big thing, uh, and getting product- productive. And having those 12-a-day entrepreneur or um, experts call, uh, uh, be available to ask questions was was really a powerful event. In fact, it was so powerful. We're planning to do it another. We're try, we're going to do another one in October, and it was called the Entrepreneurs Rocket Fuel Web Summit, um, and it it was a, a really cool success. 
how do you coordinate 30 speakers? <laughs> well, that was, a, it was a little bit of a mess and it was wonderful. It was like herding cats, right? Uh, it was all live. People cautioned me, you know, we can't, we can't, we, we probably should do some pre-recording. And uh, we did have the pre-recordings as backup, but everybody, for the most part, except for I think two or three speakers were actually live during the event. And it was, yeah, it was, coordinating was, was interesting. That was a, a big thing to take on. But I think having it live was really cool because people could call in or, um, or text, you know, during the call or whatever and just ask questions and get them answered from the experts live. And so, yeah, that was a real, that was a joy for me to put that together. And I think we changed a lot of lives there. That was a lot of fun. I had the, the privilege to be one of the speakers, and it was, it was exciting because it, it was it was very interactive, very interactive, very impressive. Yeah. We have um, a thing we've talked about a great deal is yeah. as entrepreneurs or people want to become entrepreneurs, they get so far into the weeds that they're no longer running a business. They are the, become the lowest paid employee in their business, and then without health care, without benefits, without all these other things that we've talked about, and they, they, they sort of lost touch here. They're, they're basically an employee, and I've heard you talk many times about creating a business that can make money without you actually being there. Why don't you share that a little bit? Well, that's a great topic and something I'm very passionate about. I often see people um, get into this really painful mediocrity of this entrepreneurship world. Their goal is to, you know, make $100,000 in revenue. And, and that sounds like so much money. But if you're spending sixty dollars or $70,000 to do it on all your technology and your, um, you know, your advertising and all the things, then basically you're, you're ending up with a $30,000 a year job, which in your bank account is more like $20,000 a year by the time That's taxes right. and everything else are done with it. And you're working this, you know, this rough job with with a hundred hours a week for twenty thousand dollars a year in your bank account, and it's so difficult and painful. And the reason that that happens, in my mind, for a lot of people, are two things: one, they're not focused on the bottom line. And when I was working in corporate, there are three things that we looked at: the top line, which is revenue, that's your hundred thousand dollars of of invoices, right? And then there's the next line, which is sort of in the middle, and that's your gross margin. You know, what did it cost to make this? Your, take your cost of goods sold out of it. And then the bottom line is after all of the other expenses. And the bottom line is your profit and what, what you know, sort of goes into the bank, if you will. That, those three lines are probably the biggest reason people as entrepreneurs don't really make enough money and they end up with that mediocrity. And the second reason is because they're doing all of the work. You just described it. Having, you know, doing these, these jobs that it, once you're doing all of it, if you're doing the minimum wage job, then you are a minimum wage earner or worse because you're doing it in addition to your other 40 hours that you're putting in, right? So right. It's, it's very difficult to make a, a profit, to make money, to do it if you're doing it all yourself. So I... I caution entrepreneurs as they go into it 
to make sure that you have an exit plan to make sure. And lots of people are like, oh, but I want to do this and I want to do it for the rest of my life. Great. That's not a bad thing today. But a few years down the road, if you're not making, if you're, if you're only getting paid for your own hours, your own time, and you have to do all the jobs, it, it really takes a toll on you. So my suggestion is find other people, partners, um, assistants, people that you can train and do to do the job while you're not there. <laughs> and that's that's right. the secret to success, right? So that you can go on vacation. If you go on vacation, do you still make money? That's the big question. Is, is money still getting deposited into your bank account if you don't show up to work? And, and if you can't say, yeah, I'm still making money if I'm not there, then look at your model and figure out how you can. I just had this conversation last night with a, a sweet, wonderful lady who was talking about how she is a, 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 a masseuse. Great job, right? Like it's a, mm-hmm. a great job, but she actually had carpal tunnel and she had a ton of clients. And she's like, I can only take so many clients so I can only make so much money. And of course, we were in a mastermind at that time. So I, I had a lot of people in there that were helping her. But I just sat back and thought, this is so interesting because a lot of people get there. Like, I, I can't work enough to make the money even if I had the business coming in the front door. And she was in that spot. And of course, the natural result of that is to say, okay, we'll partner with other people who can do the actual work, and then you can bring in the business, hand it off to them, and make an override or a commission or a bonus or what, a referral fee or whatever it is so that you're making money and somebody else is actually performing the work. And if you think about it, if you're a masseuse just starting out and you have no clients, how would you like it if somebody just handed you a bunch of new clients? Maybe you do have to pay out a commission for that, but you're not paying for advertising. You're not paying for flyers. You know, having somebody walk in your front door and need a massage right then, that's, that's a really cool thing for an aspiring masseuse, right? Exactly. Exactly. This is more than the, uh, the Warren Buffett model of have multiple streams of income. Now, he does it at, sure. at an exceptional level, obviously, but it's, a, it's important to have multiple streams of income coming in so that you, you're not killing yourself. You're going to be working... 100 hours uh, a week. One of the things that, that people, you and I have spoken about, um, people will come to us and say, you think I should start a business? And a lot of the times I'll say, well, <laughs> don't start a business unless you're prepared to work 100 hours a week, not have any income, not have any health benefits or anything. Basically, you're going to be cleaning toilets and cleaning the room in addition to trying to do the job. You're not going to sleep. Do you want to do that? And they'll look at me and say... Way to burst the bubble, Frank. And I said, well, (laughs) that's what you get to look forward to initially unless you have a plan. Yeah. And And I love what you, I love how you position that because it's so true. I mean, one of the things you are the very best at is, is making sure that entrepreneurs do have a plan because you help people get funding and get in front of investors. And when an investor is looking at a business, if it's just you performing all of the work, including the marketing, including all of it, an investor is going to be like, okay, well, what happens if you get sick? And honestly, that's a question we should be asking ourselves because we are the biggest investors in our business. We're it. We're making all of the investment, right, in the very beginning. Exactly. We're investing exactly. our time, our energy, our passion, our love our, you know, all of our emotions and care and taking time away from our family and everything else, 
We are a huge investor, the biggest investor in our business. So we should be asking those questions too. What happens if I can't work one day? What, how, how am I going to make money if I don't want to do this anymore? Is there a way to get revenue coming into my, my bank account without me having to go to work each time to go pick up that paycheck? And some days not picking up a paycheck. What happens then? So, yeah. That's a, um, a really good point. I've working with uh, Jay Abraham, the marketing genius that gets paid some astronomical sum of money to help people. And he's helped train Tony Robbins and Damon Jones and a bunch of other people. And he wrote a statement one time and he said, the vast majority of entrepreneurs don't accomplish their goals. And then there was a pause. And then he said, because they don't have a goal. Oh, I love that, Frank. That's great. And so true. Because basically they're, they're, oh, I heard another one that is, um, this is a terrible phrase, but it's stuck with me, which is busy is the new stupid. (laughs) Uh, That's great. Busy is the new stupid. (laughs) It's so painful because a lot of us entrepreneurs go to work and we're so busy all day, right? And we have what I, I think I should trademark now. It's our, we have, we don't have a business. We have a busyness. Exactly. Exactly. We are going to work every day and we're color coding our files and we're, you know, moving things around and we're answering email. But are we really, are we really taking steps forward on that path to get to a goal that we have set clearly? Are we fulfilling our vision? Are we getting things moving forward to the point where, you know, if we have that dream five, ten years out, are we marching forward to that or are we looking down and just seeing what's in front of us? It's not happening. Yeah, really, exactly. Really good time. Exactly. Well, this hour has just flown by. We're almost yeah. out of time. I want to thank my guest, Kimberly Hobshide, for this inspiring lightning story. Now, no matter what life throws at you, keep, remember this. Look up, get up, and never, ever give up. Pick up the pieces and start moving forward. You're going to find that better times and better people will come into your life. Now, if you'd like more information about Kimberly, contact me at the Life Life Altering Event page at Voice America. Press email the host or come to my website, franksakari.com, and we'll make sure that we get you connected. You can hear this show, this broadcast, later today at my website, franksakari.com. Press on the media tab, scroll down, and you'll see that. All right, join me next week as we discuss another, another life-altering event. And something I end every show with is we're not in this alone, folks. Mm. No one, no one's in this alone. The key to walking on water is to know where the rocks are. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning into Life-Altering Events. Be sure to join Frank Zakari again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a life-changing week. The Good Kind.